welcome to my monthly podcast titled Becoming a Sage. My name is Jan Freed, but you can call me Dr. Jan. I interview people about wisdom, how to find meaning on a daily basis, a concept I call breadcrumb legacy. I'm passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be, particularly in the second half of life. And I do this as a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, workshop facilitator. I also say I'm out to retire the word retirement. We are not retiring from life, but we're moving on to something else. And I believe it takes time and intentional thought to successfully move on to what's next in life. I interviewed Jacqueline Wales. At only 16 years old, she fled from her childhood home in a desperate search for happiness. Looking in all the wrong places, she left a trail of abandoned children and a pattern of self-abuse that threatened her life. But that's just the beginning of her story. From Scotland to London, England to California to the coast, to California coast to Paris, Amsterdam, New York, Bali, Jacqueline's life has been a journey of self-discovery, awakening and joy in the face of fear. Jacqueline believes that being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. Jacqueline's an author, keynote speaker, trusted advisor to successful high-achieving women, and she is an unwavering champion for being fearless. For more information on Jacqueline, please refer to the bio attached to this podcast. Now listen to our conversation about what it means to be a champion for being fearless. Well, welcome to the Becoming a Sage podcast, Jacqueline. Well, thank you for having me, Jan, and what a great bio you just read. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's very creative. I think you you wrote, you did a great job writing that, and we, we want to learn more. Thank well, you. I met Jacqueline through the recognized expert community created by Dory Clark. This is a group of like-minded professionals who support each other in all different kinds of ways. I was lucky to connect with Jacqueline, and I appreciate her content, particularly on LinkedIn. I try not to miss her articles. So let's dive in, Jacqueline. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about a strong, maybe the strongest emotion, fear. Um, you know, I, I mentioned that I uh, like to help people, organizations, uh, you know, with this whole idea of what I call non-financial retirement, this phase of what to do next. And there's a lot of fear involved when people leave their careers, when they you know, the old fashioned word retire, when they retire, they often lose their identity, they lose their platform, and there's just a lot of fear involved. So why don't you define fear, um, how it affects our success, both in life and in work? I know it's a big question, and I'm sure you can take it, take it away. Well, that is a big question. And, and you're right, fear is is one of the strongest emotions out there. And here's how I define fear. It is simply the stories we tell ourselves. Now, when we look at it from the point of view of a narrative, what is the narrative of your life? Now, many people identify, self-identify with their jobs, with their professional roles in life. And to your point, when we come to a 
stage where perhaps it's time to move on and do something different, uh, then the fear shows up about the usual stories. Am I capable? Um, uh, can I do what I need to do? Uh, insecurity is really what drives it most of the time. So when I speak about fear as the fundamental emotion that really matters to your success, the reason for that is very clear. We get that way simply because it's a driver for growth. And when our fear shows up, we have to ask ourselves, what story are you telling yourself? Are you telling your story of limitation? Are you telling a story of, of rejection, abandonment, judgment, criticism? You name it, this all rolled into one here. And biggest one of all the people who I talk to is the fear of failure. What if I fail? So what if you do? Didn't you, haven't you failed tons of times in your life and you just got up and moved on? Well, this is very true. But nevertheless, when we get tied up in the negative stories, we tend to undermine our capabilities. We undermine our ability to succeed at something different. And we need to be able to take a very different approach to it by creating a different story. Well, that's excellent. I love that. I that it's easy to remember. I never looked at it like that. That's really a good way to frame it, um, which kind of leads into my next question here is uh, fear is real. As you said, it's pretty um, common. Um, I just know, you know, from my work that fear is, is just uh, all over the place. So how do you help people overcome their fears? What, what can we do? So if we go back to the original question, Jan, when we're talking about, you know, fear and, and the stories we tell ourselves, mm -hmm. the first question you ask yourself when fear shows up is, is it true? Do I have empirical evidence that the worst case scenario will happen? Do I have empirical evidence that people will judge and criticize me for whatever it is I choose to do that, you know, I might feel uncertain about and maybe pushing the envelope on? But again, do you have evidence? Do you have empirical evidence? So always start with that question when fear shows up, because when you know when the fear shows up, your stomach feels off, your hands might be a little sweaty, you might be thinking of all kinds of ways to avoid, distract yourself, whatever the case may be. And sometimes you're not even a, a, a aware of the fact that it is fear that's that's operating because you're anxious or you're worried about something, whatever it is. But again, look to the stories and ask yourself, is it true? Is it true that I'm going to fail? Is it true that I'm not going to get what I want? Is it true that someone else is going to take my power away from me? So when we get into that kind of questioning, because after all, work we do is all about questions. It's, you know, people say we want the answers and I go, no, 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 you want great questions because it's the questions that unlock the doors. So that simple question, is it true? Yes or no? Maybe. Okay. You have any evidence? Nope. Okay. You just made up a story. There it is. Change the story and you change your life. I love that. You know, I used to, one of the things I was, I'm very into culture, corporate culture. And I used to say, if you want to change a culture, change the stories that you tell, because now I'm into legacy work, which is really uh, storytelling too. Mm -hmm. what stories are you leaving behind what stories are you telling well you really have me thinking here um so how do you deal with your own fears uh-huh 
Uh, well, at this point in my time, I, you know, I'm, I'm in my seventh decade now, and I'm not shy about sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I look at this and I go, well, over the decades, I've learned to deal with my fears. Most of all, in the beginning, there was a lot of hiding. There was a lot of avoidance. There was a lot of dysfunctional behaviors that were basically fear-based behaviors. I didn't think very much of myself for a very long time. And it took a lot of coaching and deep self-awareness work in order for me to understand that I was so much more than I could be. So when fear shows up in my life today, um, I usually run it by my husband, who then looks at me and goes, really? Really? You truly believe that? And then, of course, the answer comes, no, it's not. It's another story. So when the fear shows up, simply, again, I give my advice is the same advice I give myself. Ask yourself, really, do you have proof of this? No. Okay, so what are you uncertain about? What is it that you're you're afraid of that might happen that hasn't happened yet? You'll be rejected, that people will not give you what you want, that you're going to be broke, that you're going to have all kinds of, of you know, scenarios that are going to make life complicated for you. Well, the truth of the matter is my life has been fairly complicated in so many ways over the decades that anything that hits me at this point in time is like, yeah, I can handle it. I know what it is, because that's the other big thing about fear. Fear is our inability to trust that we can handle whatever it is that comes our way. Now, I didn't take write that quote. I got that from Susan Jeffers, who wrote a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And uh, I was when I first wrote my first book, The Fearless Factor, I went to Susan Jeffers through a mutual acquaintance and uh, she endorsed the book. But she said, you better quote that one correctly. So all these years, I've been quoting her correctly. Fear is our inability to trust that we can handle whatever it is that comes our way. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, as we kind of said at the beginning, it's fear is such a strong emotion. And uh, you often hear about facing your fears. What what would you say about that? Well, it's it's, it's really the same thing, yeah. Jen. You know, yeah. I mean. Get honest with yourself. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I wrote a program called Transformational Strategies for Success. It's an online self-reflective, deeply self-reflective program that is designed to help people understand who are you, where do you want to go, and what is it that's getting in the way? And the one thing that I will say about this program is not for beginners. It's for people who already are doing some kind of self-awareness work, some kind of, of reflective work. And maybe it's been happening over years and usually it has been. But the program I designed was, was there in order for to hold up the mirror and get people to be honest with themselves. Because again, I'm all about questions. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. And I created over 300 questions in this program. So if you don't know who you are and where you want to go and what's getting in the way by the time you finish this program, you haven't done the work. That's pretty much it. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great program. Um, Well, I mentioned earlier that my next book on legacy is coming out actually at the end of the year or beginning of 2023. So it's very soon. I'm in the book launch stage now. Um, And so uh, I define legacy as kind of a life worth remembering. And there's more to it. But since legacy is my passion, and we both love stories, share a legacy story. When I say legacy, what comes to your mind? Well, 
you know, you want to feel like you've made a difference in your life. Mm -hmm. And if I think about my own legacy story, I have to go to my family because I grew up in an extremely dysfunctional home with alcoholism and violence and poverty and all of the kind of standard stuff that you find in working class backgrounds. And I grew up in Scotland, as you mentioned in my bio. So it was a very different upbringing than perhaps what you get here in the States. But then again, maybe not. But the point being is that over the generation, my generation, I have changed completely the family dynamics of, of what a family looks and feels like. I have four children in my life. Um, I gave my first child up for adoption when I was 20. And I left uh, my second child with his father when I was three and a, when he was three and a half. Um, and then I went on to have three more children, one including a stepdaughter from Thailand who arrived a complete stranger in my life. And it wasn't until the third pregnancy that I sat down with my therapist and I said, she will leave me before I leave her. And the reason for that is she would go to college. I would manage to figure out how to be a good enough mother, which is D.W. Winnicott, who is a, a, a child psychologist. Um, but the being becoming a good enough mother was really the main piece for me going forward. And that meant learn how to love, learn how to have compassion, learn how to receive, learn how to give these kids the kind of background that they can look back on and think I can succeed because of where I came from, not not because of, of all the nonsense that I had to deal with growing up. Uh, and I've managed to do that. And the child I left behind when he was three and a half, I just spoke with him this morning. We talk almost every single week. And I've got two granddaughters as well at this stage. And our family knows love. I didn't know love growing up. Love was not something that was ever mentioned. And there was always that feeling of it was lacking in some ways. So my kids know that they're loved and they're all adults now and they're starting to have their own families and so forth. Uh, and again, they're bringing their love to their family. So I would say the legacy is love. That's mm -hmm. really it. That, that's beautiful. And would you say that fear drove the decisions that you made early in your life? Absolutely. I mean, when I think about all the drugs and alcohol I did, I mean, starting at the age of 15, you know, I was well into drugs by the time I was 15. Um, and alcohol was very much a big feature. I was in AA for five years before I recognized that it wasn't about the drinking, it was about the thinking. And that brings you back to the fear and the stories we tell ourselves. And the story I told myself was that, and according to my father, I would never amount to much. And mm -hmm. I kind of carried that around for a long time and the self-sabotaging behaviors that were a part of that, you know, were very much uh, around. I didn't deserve. And that was a big piece for me too, growing up. Uh, and I say growing up because it wasn't until I was in my forties that I really started to get a grip on things, but um, looking at it in terms of not deserving, that was a big piece. And that's a big one for a lot of women, by the way, I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, you know, I push back on that at, at this point in time, but, you know, it really was a big one for me. I mean, I built, we built a house many years ago. It was a beautiful home. And I said to my therapist, I don't think I want to move in there. She said, why? I said, cause I didn't, I don't deserve it. I didn't work for it. Somebody else built it with somebody else's money, meaning my husband, yeah. you know, there it is. Uh -huh. But there, there is all that kind of dialogue that goes on in your head. So that's why I, I continually reiterate, 
fears, the stories we tell ourselves, pure mm -hmm. and simple. Well, and I love how you said it wasn't the drinking, it was the thinking. That yeah. is, so, that's powerful. Um, and again, easy to remember. Um, so do you really, uh, you probably integrate Brene Brown's work into yours, of, you know, since she focuses on shame. I don't integrate her work into mine. I'm aware of her work. I've read some of her work. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, what's interesting, Jan, is that uh, my work comes from my life experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would say almost everything that I write about, everything that I teach, everything I coach on, there's very little that comes my way where I go, oh, I don't recognize that. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm, I know that one. I've been there. I've done that. Uh, you know, we play small. And, so, I, you know, one of my famous stories is standing in front of a room full of people at a conference and the guy who was running it looks over his podium and he looks at me and he goes, why are you playing so small? And I had no answer at the time. And I'm in the small voice said, I don't, I don't really know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, now I look back on it and I think of the number of people who've said to me over the years, why are you playing so small? You've clearly got an awful lot to offer. But again, the self-belief was so, so limited in, in so many ways. Now, of course, I don't have any problem. I am who I am. You like it. You don't like it. Mm, I can take it or leave it, you know, but uh, exactly. there is there is a piece there. And that's maturity to yeah. a certain degree. Mm -hmm. So again, a legacy there. Here's the thing about my family life, and I'll go back to that for a second. I wanted to be a role model for those young women because there I had three women in my life, and uh, and and a boy actually, but before if I count the one I gave up for adoption. But female energy in my life has been pretty important, and it's also been very important for me to empower my kids. I made sure that my girls were allowed to be independent from an early age. Uh, the famous story is taking my seven-year-old in Paris and putting her on a city bus and telling her, now you remember where you've got to get off the bus. Now this is not a school bus. This is a regular city bus. And, uh, you know, someone looked at me and went, you, you put her on the bus by herself? I was like, hell yeah. She'll figure it out. She misses a stop. She'll figure it out. You know? Uh-huh. So, but that's, that's, you know, for a lot of parents, they would never even think about doing that. You know, it's like, oh no, I've got to protect them to the, to the nth degree. Um, but, you know, we've, we've instilled a tremendous amount of independence and they're all very successful in their own rights, which is, is really wonderful to, to look at and see. They work very, very hard and, and they're doing well. So again, that's the greatest legacy you can give. That's you know, true. That's very true. Children. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I always like uh, to ask my interviewees, what else should I have asked that my listeners need to know? Kind of last words of wisdom. So let's talk about the greatest fear of all, the fear of failure. Okay. okay. The fear of failure is simply a choice, a decision, an expectation that did not go the way that you had planned. I'm going to say that one again. Mm -hmm. Failure is simply a choice, a decision, or a expectation that did not go the way that you had planned. Because the simple fact is we're all failing our way to success. And if you look at your failure column and your success column, I guarantee you, your successes will absolutely outnumber your failures. So the fear of failure is simply another excuse 
for not taking on the, the challenge of not picking up the courage stick, if you like, and making the next move and see whether it works or not. Because ultimately when we fail, there's only one word to apply and that word is next. And that's what we do our entire life. We pick it up and we carry on because failure is rarely fatal. And the only time we're done done is we're in a pine box going out the front door. Done. Right. So we just have to, you know, be fearless. <laughs> well, you know, again, being fearless is not the absence of fear, That's but right. the courage. Right. The mm -hmm. courage to take that next step. Because the courage when you take that next step, frequently you feel like you're standing on the edge of a chasm. You know, it's like there's a huge gap there between who you are right now and where it is that you want to go. And then when you look down, you find it's just a doorstep. There's nothing more to it than that. You know, so the courage to do to make the move forward, no matter how big or small it might be, make some kind of move, take some kind of action, because that's where the opportunities lie. If we stand back and we go, well, I don't know, I don't know. Well, you can stand around forever and say, I don't know. But you might know if you actually take the step forward. Well, Jacqueline, we could talk forever. <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> And as I said, uh, there's more on her bio uh, attached to this podcast. So this has been such an interesting conversation. You've got me thinking um, about my work, about what I do, what I'm trying to do uh, with my next book. Um, I say my focus is on helping people make the rest of life the best of life. So may the rest be the best for you, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you. I have no doubt it will be, Jan. Just keeps going from strength to strength. Thank you for that. That's great. Thank you.